What's going on, guys? We are in the zone, episode 109. I am here, of course, with Giancarlo Alino, Anthony Pinello. And today I'm going to start it off with some issues with some hockey teams. It's Tampa Bay and Vegas, two very good hockey teams. <laughs> they have some cap issues. Uh, Alino, I'll start with you. Out of both of these teams, who do you think is better positioned to you know, adjust their team accordingly. Do you think Vegas is in a better spot or Tampa Bay? Oh, I think Vegas should have been in a better spot. Uh, they should have crunched those numbers in and uh, been a little bit more prepared. You go after Alex Petrangelo, you sign him. You should have known what you were getting yourself into. They traded Schmidt over and uh, you would think that would clear the space. It didn't. So it might end up being that Petrangelo signing with them ends up making their team weaker than what it was. So... Uh, not liking it. I think they should just keep all the guys together, even though you're against a cap, and try to go after a cup. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like with, with the Petrangelo signing, that was that was a home run. That was like the home run uh, acquire from this offseason. But, like, what are your thoughts out of the three guys that they said, Fleury, Marchessault, Pacioretty? I mean, you would, wouldn't you assume that, but like, Marchessault's a part of this team for the long run. He's 28 now. He's been there for since they were relatively unreal. He came off that 70 point year last year. What did he have? Like 50? He didn't. He wasn't as. Yeah, he wasn't as uh, great offensively. But I'll, you know, out of all those, out of the three guys, I know you. You'll probably say Flurry, but out of Pacioretty, Marchesol, which one do you think is a like more likelier option to go? Yeah, probably Pacioretty. His cap hit, I think it's like seven something. So he hasn't really shown to be the number one option for them. I think they'll probably keep Marchessault because of his playmaking. But uh, out of those two, Pacioretty's probably on the way out. I was going to say Pacioretty too. Uh, they're both similar in age, but like when I look at Pacioretty, it's a guy that's had injury issues for the last little while. He's been uh, it's been healthy last year, but like. When you look at the forward crop on Vegas, I think he might be the uh, the odd guy out. The expansion draft uh, for Seattle next year may help them out, so they may not have to look for a trade or anything like that. Yeah, honestly, like even Tampa Bay, they wanted to trade. There's rumors they want to trade Stamkos because they don't have the cap. I think it's all BS, honestly. Like I'm not trading Stamkos. I think he's a guy that's an untouchable. I'm not trading him. He's He's been the glue of this team for over a decade. And, uh, like, come on, man. Like, this guy's had so many injuries. It's been so much bad luck for him. Like, he's the type of guy where when St. Louis retired, it's like, okay, this is your team till you retire. This is, like, we're giving you the key. You're now the captain. And I was pissed off because I got a freaking Stamkos jersey. And then he became the captain right after. Um, but Alino... Or I'll, maybe I'll ask both of you guys. I'll start with Alino. What are what is the percentage of Stamkos leaving Tampa Bay? I'll go fifty percent. Uh, it all depend on what kind of offer they can get. I think with his contract, they can probably drag it on a little bit. And because he fails to stay healthy, I think they could put him on LTIR eventually. But I think this is something that if they keep it going for a little bit, maybe the trade deadline and a shortened season, that's probably uh a likely shot that they'll be able to trade them. We're like in the 30% range. Um, I'm not actively shopping Stamkos, but like, I think with the situation that team's in, I would entertain offers, especially when you look at the, 
emergence of Kucherov and Point over the last few years. That team is so deep. Um, the, yeah, the issue with Stamkos is it's not even the contract. What is it, nine and a half, maybe? I think it's even under that. I think it's 8.5. It's something, it's something to do with the Florida and the tax dollars. He's got a nice over there. But, yeah, the, obviously you want him to stay healthy. So I don't know what the trade would look like. But I would, I would definitely entertain offers if people are calling. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just I, I feel like this is a guy where he I never thought he would ever be on the trading block. Same with Mark Stone, though, in, in Ottawa when they traded him and they got Brandstrom. I was like, okay, that's a big, that's a big move you can make. I, I'm pretty sure when the move happened, I said he was their best winger since Alfredson Stone. So if you make a trade for Stamkos, obviously it's a team they're going to get a arguably a number one center. He's still, to me, when healthy, a top 10 player in the league, maybe just out of it now. But he's right there with the elites. Uh, Alino, uh, what do you think Steven Stamkos can give you next year in his 12th season in the league? I hope 20 goals in 56 games might be a little bit of a stretch if he can't stay healthy, but if uh, he's going to be playing, I think 20 goals should be uh, reasonable for him. If he's having an extra period of time off, like he didn't really play throughout that playoff run, he got injured, but I think he should be healed by the time the season starts and probably second line center. They'll probably put Braden Point to start off the year, the first line and uh, allow Stamkos to get adjusted. So I'm going to go 20 goals and uh, 20 assists. I'll go even 20-20. Fuck, man, eh? <laughs> I'm, okay, I'll assume he plays every game. 56-game uh, season, I think he'll go around point per game. Just because, uh, yeah, even when he does play, like there's never a sense of, oh, he needs to get his feet moving again. He needs to get back into it. It's fucking Steven Stamkos. He comes back and he's good to go. We saw in the two minutes in the Stanley Cup Finals, he had more fucking half the amount of goals as Sagan did in the whole playoffs. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, 25 goals, something like that, around point per game. That power play is just absolutely deadly. He, he'll be a, a key part of that. So, yeah, I don't think much will change. It's just hopefully he can stay healthy. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it, it amazes me how an injury can definitely change the outlook of a player. Alino, uh, you have him not even at 50 points. Pinello has him at a point a game. I'm I'm about in between that. I'll say like 45 points is there. As long as he can play on the main power play with point, Kucherov, Hedman, those guys, I think he can get relatively quite a bit of points. Um, my biggest take on it, if your management in Tampa is – this is where you have to start asking yourself, is Braden Point potentially better than Steven Stamkos right now? And that's where it's like, okay, um, I've been a huge Stamkos fan since he's been in the league, relatively been my favorite player at times. Braden Point has become a lot of people's favorite player. And uh, they have a lot of questions, Tampa Bay and, and Vegas. So I guess I'll kind of end it on that. They both have a lot of cap problems. Hopefully... Uh, you know, the situations there can become a lot more sunny. We know in Florida, it's always sunny there. But uh, when it comes to their cap situation, I hope it, it, it gets a lot better for the time being. But moving on, uh, I got to start talking about, again, I'm going to go to hoop and it's going to be a recurring theme, James Harden. We, we talked about it the last two weeks. James Harden wants to get traded and he's made it very well known to everybody. And John Wall <laughs> come out on the media saying the opposite, saying, no, he wants to be here. 
Uh, I'll start this with Pinello. What are the what's the percentage of Harden leaving if he leaves, and uh, is he going to be the number one option wherever he goes? I'll say like a ninety percent chance of leaving. When that's a different story, but uh, he, he'll be the number one option everywhere except Brooklyn. That's what I'll go with. Alino. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. You know what? I'll go 99.5%. <laughs> the only 0.5 is if, for whatever reason, John Wall could convince him to stay. But I'm going to go 99.5, and uh, he'll be the second option if he goes to Brooklyn. And if he goes to Philly, he'll be the first option. Do you, do you see it being more Brooklyn, or do you see Philly being the, the likely destination? I think Brooklyn's a better fit just because D'Antoni's there. Um, but if he goes to Philly, you know, uh, he's definitely going to have the ball, which he always wants. Uh, Embiid will have to stand under the rim and hope to get a rebound. If he's lucky, he's not getting the ball. Uh, so, yeah, I think Philly will be appealing to him. But if uh, Brooklyn has an offer that's similar and he has a choice, it comes down to Harden's choice, I go to Brooklyn. The rumor's coming out. Obviously, every day on Harden, but like the Miami Heat are now apparently in this. What can you see him doing over there? What would that trade look like? Yeah, I'll lean on. Probably Tyler Hero has to be involved. Uh, a lot of first round picks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else you can get. Like, they're not going to trade Bam, they're not going to trade Jimmy Butler. Um, Bam's on Robinson, right? Yeah, I think for yeah. sure. Yeah, you can't trade Bam for James Harden. True, arguably a top five center already, probably is. I don't know. Like I, I, I like I like the Miami Heat scenario because it kind of it's surprising, but it's not surprising. Like you look at the assets they have; they have Hero, Robinson, Nunn. Like they got quite a bit of guys there that you can easily trade. Like Duncan Robinson, I don't think Miami thought he'd be this impactful. I mean. Look at the story with him. He kind of came out of nowhere, and now look at him. He's one of the best three-point shooters. Tyler Hero's a guy. Like, if I'm Miami, like, you have Jimmy Butler at 31. You have Bam at, like, 23. Like, do you really want to take a gamble? James Harden's 30, 31. You, you have him at least locked another two, three years. I know that for sure. But Tyler Hero, man, like, I don't know if I want to trade him. Uh, to me, if I'm Miami, like... Sorry, if I'm Houston, that's that's not enough. As much as I like Tyler Hero, like I know Bam's untouchable, but <laughs> that's the one guy I want from them. Bam? Yeah. Like if Bam's not in the deal, I'm not really doing it. I don't think Hero Robinson and a bunch of firsts would be enough. Because if that's the case, I'd rather just have like Ben Simmons and whatever else they throw in. I think at that point, it all comes down to like what the package in Philly is like if it's going to be a Simmons and two firsts for Harden straight up it's a lot easier for both franchises but then you have to start looking at okay you have Simmons and Wall on a team like is Ben the four now is he like going to be at the four then you could have Cousins and Simmons like well, for Ben it would be awesome because that would be his team there would be oh he's no- yeah easily it's his team because yeah, again over the years, over Philly, it's like, oh, they don't know what to play with each other, him and Embiid, they need to work things out. If you go to Houston, regardless of what the trade is, like, that's his team and he could start fresh. So, for Ben, I would like it. 
I don't know, Alina. You know, like when you think of like Miami's, like like they're 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 like what do you think their their goal? I know like everyone's goal is to win a championship, but like what do you think their window is? Like realistically, you look at Miami. Butler's thirty one now. I don't know if he'll like I don't know if he'll have that type of season again. Like you know what I mean? Like we just saw Paul George drop twenty eight on Oklahoma like a year and a half ago. Like is. Is he going to have a season like that again, Jimmy Butler? Like two, three years in a row of just like 19, 6, and 7? Like, Yeah, I think he's still good for another three to be like a go-to option. I think they're waiting to get see if they can get Giannis to pair up with all those guys, which is why I don't think they'll really want to include Bam in a trade because I think they're thinking long-term. And I think they're okay with not even trading for Harden. I think they're just putting their name out there in case there's some interest, but... I think they're going to try for Giannis instead because it'd be a better fit for what their group has. And uh, I think with Hero, it's like you got him and Butler. One of them is going to be more the shooter in like two years, probably Hero. And then Butler's going to probably have to transition to another role. So I just think they're like one guy away. Uh, I don't know. Iguodala's contract's going to come up, so that's going to give him flexibility. So... They're still good in a like in a good enough position. I just don't think they're going to win it right now. I feel like they would set things back if they tried to trade for Harden. Like they would obviously the window would be a little shorter. It would be now, but like the Lino just said, pieces like Bam and Hero, like they're on the rise. And Jimmy's in the. I think when people look at Jimmy, they're not going to care so much statistically what he does in the season because everyone knows he's that killer in the playoffs that can close games. So I know he's thirty-one, but like the way he closes games and just his style of play, I can see him doing what he's doing for like another four or five years. If that's the case, then I'm not trading for Harden. Yeah. If like if Butler if Butler can do that for at least another two years, you have Hero getting better. Like I, I said this on numerous pods, like you have that core. I'm not fucking with that core. Like you could just leave it. See if you can try and get Giannis just on a sign. Like you don't have to trade for him. That would be huge. Um Ah damn! Uh, I don't really know. I don't really know what to expect with Miami at the one spot in like two years. Like you have Dragic and none, and a hero I guess can play the one at times. But is that really good enough? Like you have Dragic, none, and hero at the one. Like this is a backcourt dominant league. Like you have to have a great backcourt in order to generate offense. Like you don't see teams running with. Actually, you do in Carl Anthony Towns, and look where Minnesota's ranked. So. You got to start looking at your backcourt. I think Dragic, I love him. I think he's kind of like a like a Butler, like he's a team oriented player. But you got you got to start looking at the offense here, and especially in the backcourt. Like, is Kendrick Nunn really going to drop like twenty points a game? Like, no. Like Miami faithful have to get that out of their heads because that's not happening. He has to share the ball more. I just I think if James Harden gets traded, which we all assume he is now. I, I'm still going to stick with Philadelphia, sticking with Philly, and beating Harden. It just looks like that's showtime. I think that's that's happening. Can they make that happen without Simmons? Because they came out saying we're not trading Ben Simmons for James Harden. But then you look at all the other pieces, and it's like... I could see it. But, like, what, Harris and... Uh, Milton and Thibault and, and first. Like three first. Yeah, like, I... It just depends on what Houston wants to do. Like, it, or do they want to be in contention with John Wall, or do you want to just 
have a conversation with John Wall and be like, listen, man, I know you just came here from Washington. We got buggy, but we're in no way near win now mode. Like you have to kind of, I don't know. I, I think it just depends on what Houston, what they're looking for. Also, oh, there's some, uh, I'll, still say, uh, I'll say Brooklyn, but <laughs> no one, no one knows shit. The rumors flying around every day about Harden, new teams and fucking the Pacers will probably like, Okay, Here's my question. I'll ask both of you. If 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 James Harden gets traded to Brooklyn or Philly, where like and what do you and let's say they don't get Ben Simmons, let's say they get Harris, Melton, Thibel, and a bunch of first rounders. Yes, that Philly's obviously that's a top three team now. They're probably third or second. Um, but where do you put Houston if they don't get Simmons or another star in like a big package? So like let's say for Brooklyn, you get Lavert, Allen. Dinwiddie and first, and then you for Philly you get Harris, Milton, Thibel, and first. Where does that position Houston? Okay, if they get the Philly guys first. If they, yeah, yeah, like you're not getting a star back, yeah. but you're getting great players. I think either way they'll still be, they'll be good. Like they'll be competitive, but they'll kind of bump them down to the like where the Pelicans, the Blazers are like around there or, like or below there. Like not 4 or 5 anymore, but like 8 to 11 maybe. It'll look really different for Houston cuz they've been so used to dominating the top half of the West for so long, but you know, James Harden's been the sole reason of that. And then you take that out, that team's going to look completely different. They got a lot of hoopers over there, but like uh yeah, replacing Harden for that, it's you you will you should take a hit. Yeah, probably eighth spot. <laughs> Depends on who's injured. But yeah, I'm not having too much faith in that. If um Houston's ownership, I think that's when they start feeling bad. And uh, look at the draft picks and just go out and scout already. Look at the college games and see, okay, this guy can be maybe a potential star. I would try to bottom out. I know it's hard with Sacramento in the conference, but uh got to try and get there. I think if you're Houston and stay competitive when build other guys but if you're gonna go with that like Harden like best case scenario you make a bidding war with all those teams best possible offer whoever gets the best offer then gets them I just think it's so hard like monitoring this whole thing that's what makes it so exciting you have no idea where he's going and you have no like if Harris goes to Houston is he the number one option there (laughs) like these are (laughs) questions and you gotta start asking if you're Houston management it's like we know Ben Simmons will never be a number one option. I know he will not. In my opinion, if I'm building a team, he's like a Jimmy Butler. I'm I'm taking Ben Simmons on my team any day, but he is not the number one option on my team. He is maybe the second, third option, and he is a elite shutdown defender. What direction do the Rockets even want to go in? Because like, regard if they get back, like they trade with Brooklyn, we'll say they get back Lavert and Dinwiddie. And you have Wall and Cousins, like that's that's still a good team. That's still gonna pump guys on some nights. That's middle of the pack. They may or may not make the playoffs. So like to me, I was saying before, like if you're gonna trade Harden, I want a like so many riches back for the future. Like they'll get first round picks, but they're also getting guys now. And I don't I think that would hurt them in the draft going forward. Because if you have Lavert and Dinwiddie and Wall and those guys on your team, like that's they're still very competitive. So I don't know what it does for the long-term Houston. They remind me of OKC last year. Like, going into, like, this year. Like, OKC, 
Last year they had Paul, they had Gilgis, they had Adams. Yeah. Like they had some good guys, and like look where they finished. Finished fifth. Same thing with Houston this year. Like you have John Wall now coming back for Westbrook. You have you get a first rounder, I think, back. You have Cousins, who he's it's one year, but he looks like a good replacement for Tucker or whoever else. So, like, yeah, if you get Lavert and you get Dinwiddie or you get Harris and Milton and Thibel and you get all these good complimentary guys, they're going to be good, but they're not going to be in the position where ownership is comfortable taking them in. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be in limbo for three, four years. They're not going to know what they're going to be in. So it's tough, man, especially in the West. Like, the West is just emerging as a deadly conference. Like, even though, like, I'll say from like six to twelve, six to thirteen. Tough. Like it's tough, and uh, I guess I'll you know I'll ask you, out of the two likely scenarios that I just pitched, Philly, Brooklyn, which team makes Houston better right now? Uh, I'm gonna go with Philly, uh, just because you might at least get Tobias Harris out of that uh, fresh start for him, and you can put him with Cousins together and maybe work some magic with John Wall, but. I don't think they're going to get Ben Simmons out of that. As much as they want him, I don't think Philly's going to do it. Uh, you're better off just getting Harris, multiple first, uh, maybe some young players, maybe even get a third team in there. If you get a third team involved, you can even package someone else involved and get creative. But I just think that uh, if Brooklyn sends the offer, it's probably going to include Levert, who you can build around, and that's probably the best for your direction. But just for like a one-season thing, that you can trade at a deadline. Philly's going to give Harris, so you can flip him after. Uh, just looked at uh, Twitter. Big ruckus now. <laughs> so Woj tweeted this. Uh, Giannis tweeted, he is signing an extension with the Bucks. Five-year, 228 million supermax. Opt out after fourth year. Wow. Damn. <laughs> I guess I guess Pinello start with that. That's sad news for me. So four guaranteed years there in Milwaukee? Yeah. So he'll opt out after the fourth, go somewhere else. So mad right now. <laughs> good for Buddy. Cashing out. 200 plus mil. That's, that's good to see. It really is. Because hopefully now it'll make Milwaukee even more of a destination to go to, which you, you never hear, ever. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I, he didn't seem like that kind of guy. He always seemed dedicated to Milwaukee since he got drafted, and he loves it over there coming from fucking Greece, and they really treated him well. So I love that he loves the organization. He cashed out big time. They got four years of him guaranteed. Him and Drew, that's something else, Middleton. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Harden's going to be on the move anyways. Everyone's going to be talking about that. So Giannis might as well stay. That's That's good stuff. I love it. Yeah, well, so that's it says here that that's the largest contract in NBA history, 228.2 mil, five year. Um, it's good for the league. It's really good for the league that he stays with Milwaukee. Hopefully other superstars can take this into account, this loyalty. Like Lillard and, and Curry and freaking Giannis. These guys are absolute loyal superstars, and I love seeing it. But damn, I wanted him in Toronto. I thought Masai would have worked his magic there. Maybe you could put Siakam at the three. You could have a like a mega starting lineup. And I'm, it's you know what? 
I'm, I, I won't be a negative Nancy here. I'm, I'm really happy for Milwaukee. Like guys like Chris Middleton, guys like Giannis, like you steal these guys and they pan out. And like 90% of the time after they find their game in a small market, they usually dip for a bigger market. So I'm happy for Giannis in that regard. It's definitely going to shut up a lot of like analysts because all I've been hearing for the longest time is, oh, he's too good to be in a small market. He's too good. He's he's big time. He's this. He's going to go to New York. He's going to go to Brooklyn. He's going to go to L.A. He's going to go wherever the, the, the lights shine the brightest. And they do not shine the brightest in Milwaukee. So I'm glad he's staying there. Um, I think this is definitely where the ownership sat down with him and said, listen, man, we have Budenholzer. He's given us 60 wins. We just need that chip now. And then he put the pen to paper. I'm happy for Giannis. Damn. Masai, though, was close. That was a close one. He almost got him at the draft. Deal didn't go through. Damn. That means we're getting Kawhi back. We're gonna see uh we're gonna see a Milwaukee Charlotte conference finals in like three years. Oh <laughs> imagine. <laughs> These small markets are coming to life. Now's the time. Even New Orleans too. There you go. I think one of those guys are gonna leave though. Zion and Brandon, they can't stay. I don't think they're staying together. Why not? Like long term I don't know, I don't see it. What's long? For you like 10 years oh my god okay yeah after three i'm they're out <laughs> like they'll both sign another three four year deal and then we'll see from there like i'm telling you right now lonzo's the odd one out he's gone Ingram just signed five years right? yeah he just okay. signed but yeah and zion will sign and then, and then bye lonzo <laughs> i'm a good one <laughs> yeah i don't know that's crazy wow i'll lean on with the with the bomb the watch bomb it's about time you did one last week too with the breaking yeah. news, usually it's right after we stop recording, something goes down. Gotta love Woj. The afternoons, he just uh, yeah, cranks man, it out. Huge. If I'm Drew Holiday now, I'm really happy going there. That's like a holy shit, thank God, because he's 30 now. And it's like, all right, maybe I could win a ring now. Imagine it was just like, yeah, I finally land in Milwaukee. I get Giannis for the year, and then he just fucking leaves, and I'm stuck in Milwaukee. With Middleton, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they buy him out just because they couldn't trade him and he didn't want to stay there. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised now if a big time guy goes there to Milwaukee, like a good point guard. Yeah, and then there's yourself. You, you send Giannis there and he can talk up the organization and the cities. He clearly loves it there if you're if you're committed there for the obviously the money, but like he he's gone on record how much he loves Milwaukee. So to sum it up, it's it, it really is great for the league. Like, honestly, like, if you really, if they really wanted to at the deadline now, we talked about Atlanta and, like, L.A. teams. Why can't they go out and get DeMar DeRozan now? Like, you have Giannis at the four. You could put Middleton at the two. You have Drew at the one. Just put DeRozan at the three. Could they afford him, though? Like, how would the, who do you have to trade to go to San Antonio? It's probably, like, uh, it's probably a first. But, again, that's not high at all. The first, it won't be high. I'll say the first, I'll say probably... Like DiVincenzo and maybe a future pick. Like I, they're they're especially now with this five year max with Giannis, they're open to trading picks a hundred percent. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. You see Demar with Giannis. 
Oh man, he, work, he, yeah. he he better start fig- like realizing he's not a freaking first option, second option anymore. Yeah, take less touches with the ball. I don't know if that's really his fault though, because he's been in Toronto for nine years and then he just got he got shipped to San. It kind of is what it is. It's not like I don't think he's also the guy to be asking around like, hey, you gotta fucking trade me now. I'm getting pissed off. But I think he just uh, his time will come. Well, he opted in. With San Antonio to get the money, like Millsap did. Op- yeah, <laughs> Millsap opted in, and then somehow he signed this year a really good deal. I think it was like ten mil a year with Denver. He went back. Him and Demar for a second. No, no, Demar. He's getting I think thirty-one million for the year. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Alino, uh, if you're Milwaukee, are you going out and getting Demar DeRozan? Yeah, I, th- I think he's actually a good fit on Milwaukee. The way he plays mid-range, he has, um, I was going to say Zion, what the hell am I saying? Uh, Giannis in the middle there going in. I think they their styles probably mesh well. If you get another guy to come in who's a scorer, like, they're going to be demanding the ball too much, like a Harden. I don't think it would fit, but I think the Rosen, if you get him, especially now on an expiring contract at the deadline, that's 100% puts him. Like in the conference final, easily. What does this mean for the Harden trade? Now that Giannis just signed, because he did say the Bucks were on his radar too. Oh shit, he did. So we got to start asking that. Giannis just signed a max contract. So so James Harden knows Giannis is going to be there now for four years. Can that persuade James Harden to go there? You want to break down that trade? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's like the, the, my biggest thing is I don't know if they have enough for the trade. Like you'd have, you'd have to have you'd you'd have to trade Holiday. We were saying that we were literally saying this about Drew Holiday. We don't know if they have enough to trade Drew. Now imagine James Harden. It would be everyone <laughs> except Giannis. Yeah, Middleton's in that deal for sure. Uh, for, oh my god! I just look at Houston. I'm like, what are you? If you're still getting all these guys back. They said Middleton, like they asked on the phone. Yeah, well, we'll just take Middleton, whatever. First, I'll pack Middleton's bags for him and then send them to Houston for James Harden. I wouldn't even uh, hesitate on that one. Middleton and the first, let's do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I just feel like Milwaukee's got the toughest chance to trade for him because they don't have uh, like a Ben Simmons or... Obviously, they're not going to trade Ben, but that's usually what it's pitched around. And then you look at Brooklyn, how deep they are. Yeah, just with Milwaukee, I feel like they'd have a tougher time. It would have to be like the next six, seven years of first-round picks. They have the most – so I'll put it this way. They have the most challenging pitch, like trade to pitch, but they have the easiest pitch to give Harden. We just re-signed Giannis. You want to play with Giannis? So I don't know, man. That's pretty tough. But I'll still say he goes to Philly. Hard. Can you imagine Golden State throws their name in there? Oh God, man. Andrew Wiggins, Wiseman, and whatever amount of first you want to throw. Pascal and probably two first. That'll probably do it. Can you imagine? You have Curry, Harden, and Thompson draining threes. You don't even need a center or power forward. Good luck. Harden and Curry. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> I feel like they could do that. They, if everyone's been saying for the longest time, they got the best pitch. We're why, why, why Wiseman? Is that like the big? Well, probably. Like yeah, for sure. 
they're going to fucking leading into the draft of trade rumors on Golden State. They could package this and this and this, and why can't they do that for Giannis? <laughs> or for, uh, for Harden, sorry. <laughs> well, I'm happy that Giannis is staying. Uh, I don't really know what that means for Brooklyn now. That's going to be fun. Brooklyn and, and the Bucks the next five years. Katie versus Giannis. Oh, it's going to be fun. These small market teams coming to life in the East. And MJ's going to take it personal, and he's going to make sure Charlotte is the one being talked about. Our boy is going to get a seventh ring first as an owner. <laughs> Yo, anything else you guys want to talk about with Hoop? Horton Tucker. Oh. <laughs> okay, Alito, I'll ask you the question. When in the season does Horton Tucker start taking Kyle Kuzma's minutes away from him? Game one. <laughs> I agree. I'll leave it at that. I don't, I don't know too much about him, but I think the first game, especially now, he's going to take his minutes. All ten of them. Or seven, whatever he plays. All ten. <laughs> I'll say uh, he doesn't take one minute away from Kyle Kuzma. Oh. But solid preseason showing. What about, uh, would you think of LaMelo Ball, Alino? That's your fucking boy. Took him in the pool. Back-to-back against the Raptors. He didn't score a bucket in his first game, but he looked really impressive. And then the, the second game, he showed out a little bit. What'd you guys think of LaMelo? Yeah, for his first game, like... It is preseason, so obviously you're not expecting to get like 50 points, but he showed uh, his playmaking. I think that's a most, uh, th- or that's probably the thing everyone wants to see how he can playmake at a uh, NBA level. For what it was, it's uh, it's a good sign if you're Charlotte. Shows you have somebody there that can uh, do something with the offense. His shooting, though, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to go all out in a preseason game right away. I think it's going to take some time before he finds like a rhythm in the NBA, but I think uh, from what we saw the first two games, especially that pass that he did from the other side of the court, got some exciting stuff going on in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Honestly, like this is this pick is probably best case scenario after what I've seen from Lamelo first two games. Like he's a definition of swag. Like he's on the floor and you just know that he's confident, like right out the gate. Like, yeah, game one, he didn't get a point. He went 0 for 5 shooting, but he had 10 boards and he threw like four nasty dimes. And he didn't look, he didn't even look upset that he didn't drop a point. He just, he looks confident. He opens up the floor, he spaces it out. His defensive game is right now is not really good. But other than that, man, like he doesn't have a lot of flaws offensively. Like his shot, his IQ is not there yet but when it gets there it's going to be scary man like the one thing with me with with charlotte now that they got hayward and all these other guys is charlotte finally has swag they have confidence the last couple years like as soon as kemba dipped no confidence on any player on that team even terry rozier i thought last year him going there i thought he would bring that confidence but he just didn't bring it and then there's LaMelo Ball right out of draft night. You could just tell he's there. He's smiling. He's dunking in preseason tryouts and training. Like, this guy's confidence. It rubs off on everyone else. I'm expecting a big year from LaMelo, PJ, and probably Miles Bridges. I think they're going to be big.
big time players for this organization. Just remember going up Twitter and Insta and seeing the the Raps, the, the Raptors won both these games, but you look at all the updates and it's all look at what Lamelo Ball did in this sweet dime in his first preseason game, and he's loaning up the stat sheet and all this, and it's it's gonna make Charlotte now because we're talking about these small market teams. So I just thought about it. It's gonna make them a team to watch going forward, and it really was best case scenario for them. So. Uh, Good stuff on MJ and the boys. Yeah, like I, I even watched like Toppin for the Knicks, and like he also has that swag. Like he's he's on the court, and you don't like he's over. He's an overager, but you could just tell that he belongs there, especially in an organization like the Knicks, where they've been they've been struggling, man. Like to find a player that has the swag, has the confidence. I still think they should have gotten Halliburton. He he looks like a player. But Toppin was probably the best available at the time. Um, Alino, I'll ask you. Now we'll go to another bad team. But I really loved this guy. He had a great first game that I saw, Killian Hayes for Detroit. Uh, what do you expect Killian Hayes to do as long as D. Rose is there? Just continue to learn and hope that you can uh, get some more minutes as a uh something that you're playing significant in like if you're going to get all these minutes and you're going to be on the like end of all these plays that the other team is doing and putting up the stat sheet to like 110 points and you're going to be exposed and your defensive ability is going to be questioned then it's not what you want but if you can be uh somebody like Derek Rose mentoring you and you can just continue to improve i think that's what it's going to be is this season i don't think he's going to be like a guy everyone's going to be talking about as uh, like best point guard in the East. I think uh, in time, maybe he'll be among those guys in the discussion. Uh, he has a lot of upside to his game, but I think right now, just learn as much as you can from Derrick Rose because he's definitely not staying after one year. You know what? Uh, you know what the organization said about Killian Hayes that actually like blew my mind. They said that he is the best point guard they've had coming out of the gate. You ready? Since Isaiah Thomas. They need to be game. drug tested. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. When they said that, I was like, what? You kind of just think the last however many years, and you're like, really? Like, he's better than Billups, you think? Like, he'll be better than Billups? No. Man, even I, <laughs> I don't think that. so. Like, Billups won him a ring. Yeah. But uh, they're obviously... They're high on him. Very high. Yeah, he's obviously impressed everyone, myself included. They're not in a position that we're... Like, I think I said they'd be last in the league. I may have been a little harsh. I don't think they're – that doesn't mean I think they're going anywhere, Detroit. So, basically what Alino said, take as much info as you can from D. Rose. That's that's the guy you want to be playing with. And uh, I think they'll split the time evenly regardless. Like, they said he was going to be starting. Rose will obviously get in there. So, yeah, just – I think he's going to have a solid rookie year. They got rid of Jello. Damn. They waved them. <laughs> Charlotte's going to pick them up. Maybe. LeVar went off after that. It's obviously your kid. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's very... I hope he goes to Charlotte. That's another reason. LeVar over there, it's, it's, it's like a fucking reality show now. Or LeVar and MJ and LaMelo. And they have their show. It, it happened to like one of the most least interesting teams in the league. And it's just it's going to eventually blow up over time. Especially with Hayward. And they, they got some guys over there. So the, the low but the fucking shit teams we're talking about. I love it. So I'm, I'm going to move on from there now. We're going to go to wrestling. Uh, TLC is this Sunday. Uh, very... 
that came really fast because Survivor Series, I thought, was like a week ago. And it was a lot further than that. But I'll start off with Alino. This guy is very invested in this. Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. <laughs> I know this is going to be such a meaningful feud going into Mania. Does Is this feud like... Is this just for Randy to get off of television, or is this like, what is this going to do for both superstars? Oh, shit. I don't know what the fuck was going on on Raw. They were playing hide-and-seek. Randy was setting stuff on fire. Uh, Bray Wyatt was coming out with the puppets. Uh, Matt Riddle was even involved, too, with uh, Rambling Rabbit. He even had a name, uh, had a name for him, too. I don't know what's going on in this show. Uh, I think it's just a way to write off Randy until the Royal Rumble and then Edge comes back and they have their feud going into Mania. But for Bray Wyatt, he's at this stage again. Like, what do you do with him? Change his character. He was a fiend. Everything's going well. He loses to Goldberg. And then uh, you don't know what's going on with him anymore. He's in limbo again. So not looking too good for him. Still entertaining, though. Uh, the hide and seek thing was it was so funny. When Orton said it, because I'm like, he, he can't actually mean hide and seek, right? And then throughout the whole show, they're just fucking walking around backstage and doing these little skits in between. I thought it was hilarious. I don't know what what it's going to lead to after. Is this going to be a cinematic match, you think? I'll say no. No? If they do, uh, would that be the one? I don't even know. But like, uh, yeah, Orton setting the thing on fire was just taking me back to like when he did that to Taker in 05 when he locked him in the casket and then the Fiend miraculously appeared and then choked him out to end the show. So obviously their dynamic over the years has been solid and they're picking up on it again, but uh, I'll, I'll take the Fiend overall in this feud to come out of it. Yeah, for sure. I take the Fiend too. I just don't know what that means for him moving forward. Like We know that you have Drew as the champ. And the fiend is he positioned to beat Drew at Mania? Like I don't really want to see that. Alino. <laughs> uh, I think they might have Keith Lee though, or Sheamus. I don't know what they're doing with those guys. Like, see, I, I think I'd mix. rather have Sheamus beat Drew. If it's like a meaning, if it's like a one last run for Sheamus, like 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 you've done so much for the company, like here it is. Like then I I wouldn't mind Sheamus beating Drew. But, like, The Fiend and Drew, like, uh, I don't really know if I want to see that. That doesn't do anything for me either. I feel like uh, you'll have to kill Sheamus to keep him away. Because I feel like we've been saying last run for Sheamus for, like, five years. The last, now. yeah, four or five years now. And he comes back, <laughs> like, looking better after every. He doesn't get injured often, but, like, wrestlers take these hiatuses yeah. all the time. <laughs> And Jamie's in his fucking early to mid forties now. The stuff with Drew is just awesome. I love so it. You yeah. can just kind of tell over time, like one's gonna turn on one, and then boom, wrestling. They'll go at it at some point. So him and Drew, as uh, they kicked that the holy hell out of each other on Raw, and then they were just like, let's get a beer after that was a good fight. But like, <laughs> yeah, they obviously got history, and that's looking like the eventual feud. But uh, Sheamus is just—he's very similar to Dolph. Guys, he's just a cockroach. You're not getting rid of them. Yeah, only difference is he wins world titles. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm still going to go with... But who turns there? Sheamus obviously turns heel? Yeah, probably Sheamus. Yeah, you can't have Drew as the heel. 
Like Sheamus is the top face on Raw. What is this? Still run with Drew as the face. It's all good. <laughs> all right, so there's that. And then we got to go to Roman and Kevin Owens TLC match for the WWE Universal Title. We saw this in 2017. We're seeing it in 2020. What are your expectations for this match? I think this could steal the show. Oh yeah, Reigns and Owens—they've uh, they've stolen the show in the past before. Uh, I never thought a heel Reigns would be taking on face Owens. Just when you kind of—I feel like we say this with a lot of guys, but like yeah, these two—the dynamic's been solid. Owens wants to take food off of Roman's family's table, so it's obviously personal. TLC match. Um, there's really not much to it. I see Roman coming out of this one, obviously, but uh, man, I'm happy that Kevin Owens is finally back in that title picture limelight. Yeah, I think uh, Kevin Owens is going to have a good showing in this, and then uh, he'll have something exciting going into the Rumble, but the only problem with this is you know Roman can't lose to it, especially now to Kevin Owens. I think they have something else for both guys, and for Kevin Owens' sake, like we saw this year with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I hope his plans at Mania are at least like something important and not just like, oh, we'll throw you in a battle royal, you'll win that. Like, oh. Hopefully they have something planned for him. Maybe that with Sami Zayn. That would be a good one. Worst case scenario, if he's in the battle royal, you're just join the other 30 fucking guys we have no plan for. You're Kevin Owens, but nah. We, don't, we got nothing for you this time around. That's where the part-timers like Goldberg piss me off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then uh, we got Drew versus AJ for the WWE title. I think it's all safe to say that we think Roman's going to retain there in the Universal title match. I guess my next question is, before I get into Drew and AJ, is who does Roman drop the belt to? Take it. Goldberg. <laughs> Is there anyone on the roster, maybe? <laughs> I would say Big E, but the way it looks like, I think Goldberg wins it at WrestleMania. Roman beats him probably the night after the next pay-per-view. They get two matches out of Bill, send him packing, give Roman a win, uh, make Roman look more, uh, I guess, of a heel, like dominant after that, the way he beats him. And then uh, his other part-time cousin, Dwayne, comes back, and they go at WrestleMania the, the next year. What do you think of uh, Daniel Bryan potentially main eventing Mania against Re- uh, Roman Reigns? Because I've heard that too. Oh, for Bryan? Yeah, for Bryan. I would love that. Because <laughs> after this Kevin Owens feud, it's looking like a fucking part-timer. You don't really have much planned after that. So uh, with Daniel Bryan, who hasn't... He's, he's been back on TV now, but for the last little while, kind of... I haven't seen him. Yeah. But if they could put him in a feud like that with him and Reigns, and you can go so many places with that. So um, one more time for Daniel Bryan. I was surprised he had the WWE title match with Kofi last year. That it actually they didn't change plans last second. So if, if they could do that again with Roman, that would be amazing. I, I think Roman and Daniel Bryan are what I want. Yeah, there's a bad feeling there with Daniel Bryan that they might change it and he'll end up being in like a triple threat IC title match, which is... I don't know, like, with Daniel Bryan, they kind of like changing things last minute with him. That's why I hope, uh, I would like to see him in screens, but I don't think it's likely, unfortunately. I'm fine with that, only if it's like KO and Sammy 
in the triple threat. Like, if it's that, I'm fine. But I feel like he's, like, this is his last run. Like, you got to elevate him, especially now with the Rumble and Mania coming. Like, people know who Daniel Bryan is. And especially the face run that he can go on with this heel run that Roman's going on. It could only benefit WWE. And, like, what we saw from Kofi literally a year ago or two years ago now. Holy crap, two years ago. Um, like, I could see the run being very similar, where you have the cocky asshole, used to be Daniel Bryan, now it's Roman Reigns, and then you could have Daniel Bryan six years later, or sorry, six or seven years later, his final run, the exact same situation where he's that baby face trying to beat the odds. You have him beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, win back his last title, and then maybe at SummerSlam or something, he loses it, and then that is it for Daniel Bryan. I still feel like uh, at the same time, he feels, I feel like Brian's one of those guys where it's like, I don't need to do this. Yeah, I feel that I've done everything at this point. I would, I would much rather help. Like Kevin Owens or someone. Like someone who's not really established yet. I can't think of any names right now. (laughs) Like a young guy, maybe in NXT. Would it be Buddy? He's on SmackDown. Like, can he maybe? He is the face now, Buddy. But like someone like that, who's like, he's been around for a while ready to break out maybe we'll feed him daniel bryan for like a program for a month leading into mania and then that could be that would be i feel like that would be daniel bryan's perfect way to go out let me help establish this guy before i move on to the next step can you see him be, can you maybe see like a roman a, roman with jay versus buddy with brian I don't know. Like what they did, like Mania 29. Yeah. <laughs> like you do something like that. I don't know. Or what if they throw a curveball? They have Roman versus uh, a babyface Seth. <laughs> they, they have always wanted to do that one-on-one. That would be unreal. I think that'd be unreal. I didn't think it would happen all these years later, especially so many character changes for Seth since <laughs> uh, that shit came out, but... That would be nothing short of amazing. That would no. That would be that would be match of the night, hundred percent. I know that would. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That's like the perfect main event. Like, uh, like you got to remember how long they've been in the company. Both eight years. Same time they come in. That promo would be unreal. I can't remember the mania, but like the rumors for Rock and Roman were happening fucking years ago, and then Seth came out about it. He's like, I want to do Seth versus Roman at Mania before we can do Rock versus Roman. Yeah. So now if they, if they were to actually, if that were to, I don't know how they would meet, but if, if Roman and Seth were to actually get that spot to close WrestleMania together, hopefully there'd be fans for that. That would be incredible. I like that, Alino. Yeah, that's a good one. Seth versus Roman. If he, It just depends how he comes back. Like if he's a messiah and they try to make that as a baby face or uh, all of a sudden he comes out after Royal Rumble, not in the Royal Rumble, but like a raw superstar wins a match and you have on SmackDown Roman looking around and asking who's going to face him and ends up being Seth Rollins. I think that'd be a good swerve. Uh, just, I don't think WWE are going to probably do it. Unfortunately, it's another one of those things with Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, and then Seth versus Roman at WrestleMania. They, uh, they have other plans. I think. Like I, I, yeah, I just feel like there, there's like three guys that are there right now that they could easily insert into it if they really wanted to. Like you have Big E for the same Kofi type run, like it could be huge. Uh, you have Daniel Bryan, the one last run. You have Seth Rollins. 
I could see Roman like talking bad about like people he's aligned with in the past, and then this is where you just see Seth walk out backstage, and they just like you know like they pass by each other, and you know they look at each other maybe a little bit like weird and like like you know like you could see some animosity between the two. That's the only problem with me is like we've seen guys come back and change their characters and like get a big pop or like get booed. Like with Seamus coming back, I remember when he came back with the Mohawk. I just don't know how Seth would come back and like immediately be the top face on SmackDown because like his heel run the last year and a half has been outstanding. So I really don't know how they would do it. They would probably figure a way because Roman right now with Paul Heyman and what he's doing has been perfect, but it's it's going to be tough for me to see Seth as the top face for like a while. I don't know. I feel like a guy like Seth, like he's going to be gone for so long, and um, he's been carrying Raw and the whole company for along with a few others oh, yeah. for the last few years. So I think it's just how they go about it. Like if Roman wins some big match against whoever, and then uh, Seth comes out right after and hits him with a curve stomp, and then you know, oh shit. This is what's happening in the next few months. Well, remember when it's kind of, it's pretty funny. Like it, 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 Roman wasn't the heel, but remember when Roman won the title, the WWE title, he beat Sheamus or he beat somebody. And then he, and then Seth came out and pedigreed him. And like the cheer that Seth got was, you remember that? I think it was money in the bank. It was, yeah. And he, he yeah. pedigreed him and he held up the title and it's like, okay, we're getting Seth versus Roman now. He was the heel then, right? He was the heel. But, like, yeah. he came back and everyone wanted to see him and, like, okay, gave him a pop. So I could probably see something like that, maybe. I don't know. Like, if he were to maybe – maybe as soon as TLC, maybe Roman kills Kevin Owens and then you see Seth come out at the end. But I feel like it's too soon. Like, Be- Becky just had the kid. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe another month or two. I don't know. But yeah, we yeah, gotta go. We gotta talk about Drew and AJ. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Is it? Does AJ have a shot? Uh, as much as I want to say yes, I just don't see Drew McIntyre losing this championship. No. The stuff uh, leading up to it, holy shit, on Raw. I don't know if you guys saw it. The little story time with Miz and Morrison, just reading that little kids book, <laughs> and then swerving AJ at the end. It's just, all these guys involved are just so funny. I don't know if it is with the briefcase. Obviously, that's that's everyone's backup plan, someone with the briefcase. But Styles and Drew on paper, in real life, it's going to it's gonna tear the fucking house down. But I just don't see Drew losing this to AJ. Only way I can see it is if they do like a swerve out of it. Like we saw Miz and Morrison like involved with AJ this whole time. They're all laughing together, teaming up, attacking Drew. They help AJ win is the only thing I'm thinking of. And then right away, they just turn on him and you just see Miz quickly get a win, take the title and leave, and that turns AJ face. Other than that, though, like <laughs> I can't see uh, AJ winning it. Apparently, Braun Strowman was next in line here to face um, D- uh, Drew McIntyre, but he got injured. I feel like I've heard you say that like 18 times. Braun Strowman <laughs> next in line. Oh, something happened. He got hurt, though? Yeah, yeah. They said that Braun got hurt, some some leg injury. So I don't know how long he's out for. But apparently the rumor was it was supposed to be Braun versus Drew here in the TLC match. And it was supposed to be a match where they beat the shit out of each other. And that's where we probably would have been like, 
is cashing maybe with Braun as the fucking destructive freak and you have Drew in a TLC match like that screams cash in right there <laughs> but uh yeah I don't see I don't see the Miz cashing in I'll maybe say the chamber if he really wants to make it interesting and then you could have Daniel Bryan go to Raw but we've talked about that numerous times it's not happening Miz and Bryan it's not happening when guys like the Miz have the briefcase just guys of that character like you gotta hold on to it. You gotta milk it for a while. Like the quick cash-ins, it works at times, but with certain people, like you gotta keep it on the miss. It's just he's all he's always great TV, but it just keeps adding to it. So everything he's doing with the briefcase and him and Morrison are rolling, and then like Styles and the three of them together, it's actually so funny. It's a dynamic I never thought that would not work, just one I never thought of. And then Drew McIntyre as the dominant champion. I'm just. I don't expect AJ to win, but I'm loving every second of this. Yeah. Boom. That's probably it for this week's episode. Alino, you got anything to add? Actually, one little thing. Brock Lesnar's name keeps coming up. And then, uh, like, slowly you hear more and more about WWE's plans for Brock Lesnar, but you don't see Brock Lesnar on a contract. AEW's still lurking. Is there a slight chance you can see Brock Lesnar turn up on Dynamite? I'll only say yes because of the, the the scenario that WWE's in right now. Like They actually have two champions that are like absolutely rolling. They're at the top of their game. Drew as the WWE champ, Roman as the universal. One's the top face, one's the top heel. We saw at Survivor Series how great that match was between the two. Roman obviously got the win there. Um, but I, 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 I think right now WWE is in a perfect situation for the first time in like, like 15, 20, like 15 years where they actually don't need Brock to hold the belt. You have Roman, you have Drew, you have other guys. I think Brock Lesnar's time might finally be coming to an end as a wrestler, but if Bill Goldberg's still going... Brock should easily be going, so maybe Dynamite is a possibility for Brock. I feel like you're right with everything you just said, but if Brock were to come back to WWE, you know he's going right back to being the number one guy because he is the number one draw in wrestling, even if they they don't need him right now because Roman and Drew are fucking rolling, but I would not count it out to see him on Dynamite. They They got money. Tony Khan's got money. Uh, they're signing everyone. They got Sting over there. Picture Lesnar showing up on Sting and <laughs> or on Kenny with the title, who's just jumping over to Impact. These guys are fucking everywhere. But Kenny would, versus Brock, I wouldn't that's count it out. I want to see Kenny versus Brock. That there, there's your fucking sell. <laughs> I wouldn't count it out at all. And then you got the New Japan thing. Brock can go over there, make even more money. Something he loves. Go to Japan for one day in January. The Wrestle Kingdom thing gets like ten million dollars, flies home, gets some wood, chops it up with a freaking chainsaw or by hand, whatever he chooses to do. Go go along the farm, build a house there, go wrestle again, make another ten mil. So I think AEW, that's a uh, big time if he goes over there. Yeah, that's it for this week's episode. This was in the zone, episode one hundred and nine with Alino and Pinello. Always fun with you guys. Awesome. Uh, Lino, thanks again for the freaking Woj bomb with with Giannis. That was huge. And uh, that's it for this week. Stay tuned for episode 110.